Welcome to Angels, Demons, and the Apocalypse. Jimmy, you're still alive. I'm alive. I'm alive and kicking. You're alive? You're kicking even. I'm kicking. I'm kicking. I'm ready to kick out, <laughs> kick down the door and get out of my house. No, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm doing okay. I'm doing fine. Yeah, yeah. How long have we been, uh, how long have we not had services for? Uh, church services, worship services. That is a good question. What, did we stop March the 22nd or something like that? I think I had it the 15th. Yeah. So March the 22nd, the 29th. We've been the exact same as you guys. Okay, so all of April. Yeah. So we haven't had church worship service. Now, we've been doing it online, just like everybody else. Yeah. A lot better than nothing. Yeah. A lot better. But we haven't had church worship services for about six or seven weeks. And it's, uh, That's crazy. It's crazy. It's bizarre. If you had told me a year I know. ago <laughs> that you didn't tell me the details, you just said in a year... You're not going to have church for two months. Yeah, I would. You had to guess the scenario. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I could have even guessed what was going on. Now we're we're looking to get back together May 10th, that's Lord willing. Yeah, that's Mother's Day. That's a great day to get back together. It is. Uh, Lord willing, everything, all the different orders are re- relinquished and whatnot. Yes, we're looking to get back May 10th and still have some, you know, social distancing practices for you that are concerned. We're still going to yeah. be doing. Some things, but uh, wow, it's a, it's a it's a bizarre time. It's just a bizarre time. And this is our fifth edition of Angels, Demons, and the Corona Apocalypse. It is, it is. <laughs> and so we've got to revisit uh, with somebody today who's been our guest before. Uh, just really enjoyed having him, and I got some extra questions because we talked about some things about this. Corona apocalypse, the coronavirus, and the issues that are going on right now. And so we've got uh, Josh right back with us. Welcome, Josh. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me back on. I'm really seeing it as an honor to be the first member of your two timers club. That's right. That's exactly. right. <laughs> it is prestigious. It is. It is a prestigious honor. Yeah. When you get when you get uh, uh, invited back twice to a, a show called Angels, Demons, and the Apocalypse, <laughs> put it on your resume. Put it on your resume. Um, you, yeah, it'd be great to have you, Josh. Um, do you um, do you want to mention as a disclaimer? I, I know last time you made a disclaimer. I just thought of this, but uh, um, do you need to uh, give a little disclaimer before you answer any questions again? Well, sure. Just any opinions are my own. They're not the opinions of the state of Kansas, obviously. Hey, Josh, why do you think it's important to hold the limited government even right now? And what, what is limited government? What's your view? If someone came up to you and said, why would you believe in limited government? And then we'll talk about why we think it's important now to kind of hold to that. What would you say to someone who just came up and said, why would you hold a limited government? What is that kind of? Just help us out a little bit. Well, I think if you're talking about limited government in the realm of civil liberties, I think that's even a little different than talking about limited government in the realm of economics. Um, As far as civil liberties, that's just what our country is founded upon. We, We have religious liberty. We have, um, you know, we have certain freedoms that we all hold dear and, uh, you know, for the government to come in and make uh, judgments for us about how we should live our lives uh, or how frequently we ought to practice our religion is, is problematic. I think when you get off into the realm of economics, though, I think there are just simply laws of economics that uh, a, a more laissez-faire 
limited government approach to the economy. I think it just has the best chances of distributing resources appropriately and promoting good investment and good businesses as opposed to malinvestment where the government's choosing winners and losers. So yeah, maybe, maybe you can go into a little more detail. As, yeah. As far as, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, that's an excellent, just right off the bat. Um, you know, uh, what are we concerned? Why are we concerned about, I mean, I am, and I think, you know, we all have a little concern that we keep a limited government, Yeah. you know, and, and to me, I'm saying, yes, I don't want them overreaching during these times. I think uh, I have a fear. I don't know about a fear. I, you know, I, I believe God's in control, so I don't want to go too far with that. But yes. there is a concern that uh, government will take advantage of the situation. And so last time we talked about having a, a proper trust of our elected officials, but it seems like we also need to have a healthy not unhealthy, but a healthy mistrust of some things. And to say, I don't want government coming in and especially during this time of um, hurt and pain and, and whatever, uh, pestilence, coming in and sweeping in and saying, well, we got to do all these things. We got to make, make life better for everybody. You know, I think even since we last spoke, we've had some pretty significant changes right. uh, in, in where we stand. You know, the governor issued the executive order that uh, was designed to keep churches from meeting on Easter. Uh, it specifically targeted churches, which uh, I think was very problematic. Um, you know, the Kansas Supreme Court uh, heard the case immediately uh, by video conferencing and issued an opinion that day, and of course, supported what the governor wanted to do. Um, it was based on a technicality because the full legislature hadn't come into session and actually taken action on her executive order. Uh, but I think that's problematic. Uh, if, if people can go to the grocery store or people can go to you know various uh, businesses that are deemed uh, essential, that, I mean, let's be honest, that there are lots of, of businesses that, uh, and I'm not saying they ought not be open, but right. there's certainly a lot of businesses that, that I, I think you can argue are less essential than uh, someone being able to go and practice their religion. Right. Uh, and, and large numbers of people are congregating. And I, I, think that's just, I think that's just troubling that the governor was targeting uh, religion in that way. So, yeah, and I, I, yeah, and I agree with you, but I, I think that uh, what I'm worried is for people who are for uh, more government regulation, more government, you know, more government uh, old laws or standards about what we can and can't do, I'm afraid that they'll use these times to push their agenda even more. And, of course... I guess they'll use any time to push their agenda. I guess I shouldn't be afraid of that. You know, they're always going to be pushing their agenda. Well, you know what, though? I think you've got a good point. You know, if you look back to the Great Depression, I mean, that's when a lot of different um, laws were passed that set the stage for a lot of these social welfare programs that we're, we're dealing with now. Um, 
And, and, and just so people don't think we're uncaring, because after all, Jimmy and I are pastors. Yes. It's not like that we don't think that people should have charity and people should have and realize that people go through difficult times and realize that people need help. We would very much agree with that. In fact, uh, both Jimmy and I have funds in our church specifically to help people, to help our people that are struggling through things. But I think a lot of times what you're talking about, too, uh, uh, Josh, is just personal responsibility and the lack of that. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, I'll never forget Josh uh, visited with our church and came to our church here for a little bit. And, and he was going to one of the uh, classes that we had. It was a classes on budgeting, you know, and uh, money and so forth. And Josh, I'll never forget this because um, you then took over the class and we're, we're teaching it for a bit. And uh, one of the things Josh said to me is, I don't want to tell you how to run your classes or your ministry, he said, but uh, I would at least charge folks a little bit for the kit because the kit was like 110, 115 bucks. Yeah. And he's like, I, I would at least charge them something. Because then it makes them take it more seriously and they're more committed, more involved to come. Yes. I'll never forget when you told me that, Josh. And I just think that uh, the idea that we need to take a little more personal responsibility, um, that also that also helps us with personal liberty. Absolutely. And you know, I think the old expression is that it's important for people to have skin in the game. And if, you know, if you're a taxpayer, it, it's it's much more important to you about how the government is actually allocating those resources if you're having to write a check. Um, and I know that Mitt Romney got into a lot of trouble back in 2012, if you remember, when he pointed out that you know a large amount of people don't pay any taxes. And it, it makes it a little easier if, if you don't have that skin in the game to say, well, if I haven't had to foot the bill, you know, why shouldn't the government, uh, you know, redistribute wealth? Why shouldn't the government uh, you know, overextend itself when it doesn't actually even have the money and it's printing the money and it's borrowing the money from from foreign countries? You know, why not allow them to, to you know, to cut checks to people and we'll, we'll worry about how to pay for it later? But I think when you're a taxpayer, I, I think when you're somebody who's invested, um, it's it's certainly something that's that's more on your mind uh, uh, about how the government's going to use those resources and to what extent they're going to be involved in your life. And what would be your uh, uh, answer to someone who says, well, well, I mean, if the government's going to help people from dying or help people from going through difficulty, then that's good. Well, you know, Pastor, I, I don't think the government has an obligation to help people. I think people have an obligation to help people. And, and if, you, if you think about it, the government is really just a middleman. It doesn't actually produce anything. It doesn't produce any wealth. Any money that the government has to give, it, it has, again, either been printed out of thin air or it has been taxed and has been redistributed through force of law. And so I don't think that that's a, a moral way to handle suffering in our country right now. I yeah. think that charities, I think voluntary giving uh, is is what we ought to be looking at. Right. Yep, yeah, exactly. I think earlier, Josh, you mentioned that you thought that our economic system was designed in such a way to be um, 
the most sustainable, the most, uh, you know, with the capitalistic system we have, um, not socialism, um, it's, it's more sustainable. And the thing is, is that if they become more takers than givers, it's just not sustainable. That's what, I mean, it's just not going to last long term. It may last 10 years or 20 or 30, but if you keep going down that route, well, and you know, it's, you, just not, it's not sustainable. You just think about it this way. I've got five kids. So if I, you know, my wife is the most practical person on the planet. So if, if my kids come to me and say, Dad, I'd like this. Okay, Dad, I'd like this. Okay, my wife's like, no, you can't keep doing that. You know, you don't make enough money. Well, that's okay. Dad, give me this. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. And I just keep doing that. Uh, there's got to be a point where that Sooner stops. Later. Later. Something's going to happen. Yeah. A day, a day of reckoning. It's going to happen. And it's not so great for my kids. Because they don't, they just come to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, "Hey, you know, you want, hey, you know what, you want that? Go out and work for it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and see if you can get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. And so that's the way he's explained to me. And Josh, right now, I mean, <laughs> something's gonna give at some point. I mean, we're we're wow. we're we're bailing out uh, from this last stimulus package. We're giving. Like three hundred billion dollars to the post office, which is not going to make money anytime soon, and has thousands, if not you know more than that, employees that uh, we're going to continue to bail out because they're not going to make any kind of money, uh, even in the future here with the digital age. And so it's like there's there's some things that are going to give. And, and again, we love postal workers. My one of my yes. dearest friends, a postal worker. I'm not trying to say. It, I'm just yeah. trying to say us sustaining all of these things. It's not going to happen it's for not, real, not realistic. Not realistic. That's right. And, you know, I think that human nature is to try to avoid pain. Sure. And the, sure, of course. The, the, yeah, no question. And, and you know, and it's it's so, easy for me to say because right. I've, I've still got my employment. You, right. You guys yes. both still have your employment. You're right. True, very um, true. And, and, you know, but I, I will tell you that I... You know, I suffered through the Great Recession when I had just graduated from from college, and so I've I've experienced some some pain, and it's no fun. No, it, you're it right. Is, it is it is no fun to not be able to find a job when you need one. But I I think that if the government took a more limited role in all this, and if they tried to allow the market to correct itself, I think that the pain would be for a much shorter duration than what it will be. If the government continues to try to manipulate the markets and continues to try to prevent us from experiencing any pain, it just kind of kicks the can down the road, delays the inevitable. And and that's what we will do, don't you think, Josh? We will. I mean, even with President Trump, who you know we can say we respect, not respect, however you feel about him. I mean, it, you know, uh, we respect him here, but I think he's going to try to kick the can down the road a little bit. Oh, exactly. And I think the United States, just by virtue of the size of our economy, and I think the quality of our people, you know, we've had an excellent line of credit, uh, you know, because the dollar is the reserve currency of the world. Countries are willing to buy our, our treasuries. They're willing to lend us money. Um, they're willing to allow us to kind of get away with this, uh, this excess government and excess living that we've had now for you know, a few decades, and um, uh, it, that's maybe been a bit of a, it seemed like a blessing at times for us because we have been able to bail people out and prevent some pain, 
But I think ultimately, like you were talking about in personal finance, if you are not saving and if you're spending above your means, there will be an a day of reckoning. You might be able to get a new credit card and do a balance transfer a few times and keep it going, but ultimately there's going to be a time where you can't get that other credit card, you can't do that balance transfer, and, and, and you're in a really bad financial pinch. You're either you know, cutting your lifestyle back dramatically or you're maybe even filing for bankruptcy depending on how bad the problem has gotten. So I, I certainly hope that our government can come to its senses. I'm not terribly optimistic of this, but I hope that they can come to their senses and stop kicking the can down the road. And even if it means some short-term pain, I think it'll be much less pain than if we continue to snowball this problem. Interesting. It's a tough. It's a tough spot. That is very good points, Josh. It's a tough spot that Trump, President Trump's in, because he's coming up on. When's the re-election? Not too much. Well, 2020, yeah. So um, it's just a tough spot because, and he, and he has, to me, he has shown that he's, he has shown to be principled in ways, you know, st- making stands on things that aren't popular. But this is a difficult spot because if he does do the tough love route and kind of, just as Josh, just as you mentioned, which is I believe is so accurate, which I think is the, what needs to be done, he'll also become in the short term probably unpopular in, in some ways. Yeah. It's just... It's just a tough spot to be in for him. Well, the, that's for that's him. the real question too, Josh. Will there be people who stand up and say we've got to do this, and can those could those people ever get elected? Well, that's exactly right. That is not a popular platform to run on. Um, you know, fiscal restraint, and we talked about <laughs> Calvin Coolidge a little bit last time. Um, you know, in the last podcast, and he was the great refrainer, and that that probably just wouldn't wouldn't play. Uh, in, in these times. And pastors, you can help me with this. Uh, I, I believe this is biblical, but uh, it probably, I, I think it's a proverb, no discipline is pleasant at the time, right. but it, yes. finish that for me. If it, you it yields much fruit in its season, yeah. Hebrews, yeah. Hebrews yeah. 12. Yeah. Yep, that's right. And I yep. think that apply, that certainly applies in personal finance, and I think it could apply to our government as well. Yeah, um, yes. Interesting. That's right. That's right. Well, this uh, this stimulus package has happened. Um, I received a stimulus uh, package in my account, and uh, it's happened. And this PPP, you know, Paycheck Protection Program that you talked about last time, uh, Josh, has seemed already. It seems like when the government runs stuff like this, it just becomes a real mess. Um, it's already gotten some issues that, uh, people have, uh, I've got friends that are small business owners that have already had some issues with it. And, uh, I, I'm not saying it's not going to work out and it might work out fine, but, uh, I, I know that the even respectable people like Ramsey and others have said, you know, don't, don't take this. We're not sure what this is going to mean down the road. And so, uh, yeah, that's, ex- that's exactly right. And, you know, when the government does get involved in in the economy and in employment situations, it creates all kinds of really weird outcomes that you don't want and that were unintended. Like, for example, what I am hearing is that you have employers that are securing these loans and their employees are frustrated when they learn that the employer has the loan and wants them back at work because the employee realizes, or the former employee realizes, they could actually make more money 
doing much less and being at home <laughs> collecting unemployment. I know. And, 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 and that's just what happens when the government gets involved. You have all kinds of weird outcomes like that that no one really thought through. And what's, what's tough, too, is that I believe these PPP loans, they are, uh, they are keyed off of whether you let any employees go. Right. And, and if, you, if you do uh, try to get everyone to come back and they don't want to come back because they're making more on unemployment, what happens then? Right. Do, you have to, do you have to go through an audit? Do you have to yeah. demonstrate that you tried to get this person to come back to work? And, you know, they've created an incentive to hire people back, but at the same time they've got this other incentive for people to not want to go back to work, at least for any time soon. And that's just with, you know, the current stimulus. Who knows what will happen if some of these bills that we're hearing about in the U.S. House come to pass where people are receiving, like, basically a universal basic income of, you know, two thousand uh, dollars per month per adult. Right. And who's gonna who's gonna want to go back to work then? Right. Yeah. Exactly. This is really radically changing gears. But I just while we have you on the line, Josh, there's a question I have. I I saw recently where I was warned through a um, Christian um, legal organization that the the governor. Um, was sending out, I don't know if it was affidavits or something that different churches were to sign related to the stay-home order. Have you heard of anything like that? And I was warned not to sign anything like that. Does that ring any bells at all? I have not heard anything about that. Um, did you actually receive an affidavit or was it just the warning you received? Just a warning email saying if your church, that, that it was going on, and if you receive something, basically they were advising me not to sign it. So anyway, I know it's a random shift, but I just, it's something I thought of this week and I don't know anything more about it, but I didn't know if you'd heard anything about that. I have not heard anything about it. I think that's, if in fact that's true that those are being sent out, I think it's probably good advice not to sign it. I guess it would depend on what's in the affidavit. Yeah. But if, uh, but <laughs> no, that, that would certainly seem to be, uh, you know, a major uh, overextension of the governor's authority. I, I don't think the governor can force someone to sign an affidavit. Yeah. And also, the Josh, then you're worried about if the, if the progressives do get in government, like, you know, we are a pretty conservative state, but we have a Democratic governor and quite progressive. And then we have other progressives. I'm not saying Trump can't win election again. I think he can. But, you know, if we do have progressives take over again, uh, you know, government and they control the Senate and the House and, and take over the presidency, Who's to say they don't change those PPP loans to uh, saying, oh, well, we, you do now, uh, you churches do now have to meet a certain standard or, you know, uh, you do now have to accept certain uh, agendas. Well, and that's what Dave Ramsey has been warning about on his radio show is that just because that's not in the law now doesn't mean that the rules can't be changed dramatically later on. Uh, and so, yes, I, I think that's another reason. I mean, it's not set in stone that sure. your church would remain free to, you know, adopt uh, unpopular positions in your statement of faith. I, I, I think that that could, that could be changed. And I think anytime you welcome the government into your church or into your business, you open yourself up to their control. Right. And, and, and so, yes, I think that's another reason beyond just you know, the possibility that you're actually, in fact, taking on debt rather than 
a grant, I think that's another reason is you don't want to even open yourself up to the government having that kind of authority in your church. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, we, we've talked about uh, angels, demons in the apocalypse here, and uh, we talked last time that, that, you know, this isn't necessarily the sign of an end times, but um, I tell you what, and though while you and I are not conspiracy theorists, Josh, at all, there is uh, some interesting talk uh, about some things that you could see a one-world emperor or one-world yep. person being one in charge world. of, yes. and you could, you could uh, see some things even taking shape now that would lead us to that path, and maybe... That's God's plan. Maybe that's God's purpose. I'm yeah. not saying it's not. God puts in charge. We believe he is sovereign. God puts in places those whom he deems to put into places, and he's He's in control. But it is interesting. You were talking some about this digital coin. Can you elaborate on that? Digital uh, currency, excuse me. Digital dollar. And, you know, and I'm not terribly familiar with Bitcoin or what its current application is, but cryptocurrency is something that everyone's been talking about. And it's kind of like a hedge against the, the dollar if the dollar starts to lose its value. Um, I think central governments are going to try to restrict something like Bitcoin from from becoming uh, that prevalent. And I, I think that- It's because they don't own it, man. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, you can't, you can't manipulate the currency if it's something that, that you know, the government doesn't have that kind of control over. So. What was actually in this stimulus bill that was passed back in March at first was the creation of a digital dollar. Mm. And what would happen is, is every American would receive a digital wallet and Mm. you would essentially have an account with the Federal Reserve who issues our money. (laughs) And, 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 and and there have been, there are people in the, in the, the Trump administration that have been tasked with trying to develop this digital currency. And right now, I'm sure they have good intentions for the most part. Sure. They're trying to think about ways to keep up with other countries. Sure, sure. They try to make transactions more seamless uh, and bring us into the 21st century. But it, it's troubling to me the idea of, uh, of just having a digital currency that you can't just go down and you know withdraw money, have a little bit of anonymity about how you're spending your money. And for the government to have the ability to, to trace your, your purchases uh, to that extent, I think, is scary. China has just implemented a digital currency. And I was, um, you know, I was watching a, a, a guy, I think it was on CNBC the other day, he was being interviewed. And he does a lot of uh, business in China. And he said he was trying to buy a hot dog from a hot dog stand over there. He was trying to hand them cash, and they would not accept the cash. Uh, and, and ultimately, they just gave him the hot dog because you have to use digital currency now. Now, that was just anecdotal, so I don't know if that truly is completely implemented in China. But I think we all know the Chinese government's communists. They're going to be trying to use uh, the currency to control people, to monitor their purchases. And I think that's a little scary that with a few keystrokes, somebody could have their complete access to all their savings just completely cut off from them, and there's no way to even give that person money. You can't go down and withdraw $100 and, and give it to someone if everything is digital. So, right. Yeah, um, that, is, that is scary, I think. Well, and, and, you know, like you say, God has a plan, and I don't think we need to be uh, walking around in fear. But, no. but at the same time, I, I think it's important we have our eyes open, and in a crisis situation like this, 
something like a digital dollar creation um, is not something that most Americans are really paying that close of attention to because everyone's more concerned about getting their stimulus check or their job or something like that. Whereas I think the digital dollar probably would have a lot more scrutiny put on it if, if these were normal times. I think people would be asking those questions. But when I, when I came across that, that story and I found out that not only was that something proposed in the last stimulus bill and it was withdrawn at the last minute, but that's something that in one of these house bills, this um, Emergency Money for the People Act that you've heard about, same authors, same uh, members of Congress that drafted the CARES Act, they're talking about having that in this next round of stimulus, potentially, where they're going to try to bail states out and things. So you might just watch for that. Yeah, and and who would be I, in charge I, of that? Uh, would the central bank kind of, would that be something that they would kind of be in charge of? or? Absolutely, yeah. I think your your digital dollar account would be through the Federal Reserve. And, okay. You know, the, the, the administration, of Trump administration official who's kind of in charge of, of uh, you know, exploring these things, he was even suggesting trying to pay federal employees um, in digital dollars yeah. if this was created. Mm-hmm. So my, my point is uh, just be aware of that. Yeah. And, and, if, and if, in fact, you, you hear about that, if that's troubling, you might consider you know, writing your member of Congress and, and expressing uh, concerns about it. And, uh, but, yeah, just something to kind of keep your eye on. And, and uh, it's just kind of one of those things that they've, they've uh, considered sliding into the uh, sliding into some of these stimulus packages right, that because, don't really care about. Because uh, even businesses are saying, no, don't give me any, I don't want to handle money uh, with this coronavirus. You know, yeah. just give me a card or give me your card over the phone or something like that, you know. Or a mark. And, you know, I realize that we're, we're largely a cashless society right now sure. um, you know, with our debit cards. But, you know, at least your, your, your money is in a local credit union or a local bank. Um, it, it would be more concerning to me if it was actually an account maintained by the Federal Reserve. Right. It was actually, you know, a government entity that was holding on to your money and have, have the control and the ability to review your purchases. I, I think right now, you know, if the government wanted to know how you were spending your money, they'd have to get a warrant, go down to the bank and, and you know, demonstrate a legal cause for why they, they needed to, to get those records. But, you know, obviously, if you had the Federal Reserve and, and that's where your account is, they don't have to do that anymore. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, it's just amazing to me. As we're talking about this, we don't need to be in fear. God's in control, and we don't know the time frame, but when those scriptures about the end were written so long ago about the mark of the beast, the one-world currency, all these things, it might have seemed bizarre or, I mean, believable, but just different, but you can see how things are moving in that direction. You know, it's, it's just, very it's, interesting. It's going to happen. And I mean, who Bible says does. we need a chip in our hand? We all have a chip in our hand. It's called our smartphone. I mean, yeah. it's in our hand all the time. And, yes. uh, you know, it's already traceable. It's already, uh, you know, yeah. uh, Facebook knows they Facebook knows my to... suggestions. When I talk to my wife about something, I see an ad on Facebook on it the very next thing. Yes, you know? so, I think they literally listen to your, at least your phone calls because so, I've seen that as well. It's, it's, it's a crazy thing. And so I, I've got no, and again, I'm not a normally paranoid. We're not no. conspiracy theorist guys. But it is interesting that you see these talked about and 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 banked about and you can see how someone could say hey you don't follow the way we follow things you don't hold to the values we hold to you don't 
commit to the things that we commit to, then you uh, you know you'll be out of med- medical care. You'll be out of yeah. buying and selling. Uh, you know, you won't be, you, you, you won't get a license through us for your business, whatever. Yeah, unless you're a can't. Unless, yeah. And then, you know, the, I'm a, I, I do computer programming as well, and I query databases, and you can see where if someone had a, uh, a log of all your audio calls, you could just run a query for the word Jesus, for instance, and yeah. someone's audio and their internet searches, and you have a list of people that yeah. were saying Very keywords. You could create a... A Christian target list. Anyway, like I say, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I just you just see how this technology could be used to. And we're thankful for this. technology. Yeah, we're thankful for technology. We're thankful for vaccines. We're thankful for people coming up with new uh, yes. ways Te- to handle things. Technology is not bad. It's, it's that commitment. It will be the commitment to this one that o- over over Christ. over Christ, over Jesus Christ. That will be. That's the, the key. Mark. Yeah, that's the mark. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the chip or whatever it yeah. is. It's the fealty to this leader over Jesus. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, one other thing I want to talk about, Josh, and that is this uh, this troubling thing about this uh, Harvard magazine uh, about the uh, homeschooling. Um, this gal saying that homeschooling is basically child abuse because it's done by conservative Christian parents mostly, and they're passing on their, you know, Christian faith, you know, and that uh, this should be, they should have a license. You know, again, it's going back to, you have to have a license for this. You have to have, this is the way that they seem to want to, you know, get us to, uh the progressives, and when I say they, I mean the progressives want give us a license in order to do it, and that that way we have to comply with some sort of idea. And uh, you know, th- this whole idea is, it's almost like there's going to be a great divide in our country here <laughs> uh, between this progressive that said, you know, because we think, you know, when I think of child abuse, I think of this uh, drag queen story hour. Yeah. I agree. I think it's, of this uh, gender transition. I think that's child abuse. It is. And they're and they're saying that child abuse is homeschooling because you know we pass on our conservative Christian faith and this type of idea. This new article out in Harvard Magazine and it's just it, you know it's just getting to be uh, I, I don't know you know it can be it can be discouraging again. We we believe God's in control, but and we're going to continue with our faith, but. Uh, what what's your feelings on that? Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I think uh, you know all of the people that I know who were homeschooled. I, I think they came out very well adjusted. Now, yes, they they came out with principles that they may or may not have had if they had gone to the public schools. I think it's a right of a parent to raise their child in the way that they see fit. I do think the government has an interest if a child is not receiving any sort of education. Sure, sure. But I think I think the overwhelming majority of parents that make that decision to homeschool are probably investing in a good curriculum or they are developing a curriculum for their child. And I would be interested to see the, the statistics of college entrance exams. And I, I bet that homeschool children probably do as well, if not a lot better, on on entrance exams as opposed to public school children i've heard that i've actually heard that that is true josh i have heard some stats on that actually by the way go ahead sorry and and you know jimmy you and i are both products of the public school system there in clearwater i I thought it was a good education 
you know, there's a lot of wasted time. There, there, yes. there are a lot of classes, really, that probably were not necessary. Um, and, and I'm afraid that the, the public school at times turns into more of a, uh, you know, a glorified daycare center, just a place for kids to go during the day so that the parents can be at work. And uh, Whereas if you have kids who are homeschooled, I think parents are probably in a better position to actually use the time and the resources more efficiently. And some children don't learn well if they're in a classroom for eight hours a day. It may be that you can pack what you need to teach that child into three or four hours a day and and, and do other activities um, the rest of the time. So I like the idea of parents having flexibility. And um, I know it's a little off topic, but I also would like the, the, the ability of parents to have an option to put their their children with a a school voucher into a into Amen. a private school or even another public school or a magnet yeah. school. Yes, some, something that is more customizable to their child. Um, I think that's really a shame that we're just limited by geographically where we live. And if you happen to be somebody that lives in a place without a good school, that you're stuck there. And if you don't have the resources to pay the private school tuition, and if you don't have the know how to to homeschool your child or invest in a good curriculum that your child is just stuck. I, I think we need to give parents more options. And I think homeschooling, if you're a parent that can do that and you can keep your child focused and learning, I, I think that's an outstanding way to, to educate your child. Well, you said earlier, Keith, where you're comparing the drag queen reading to kids and this just really horrible stuff that's going on with, uh, with the progressives attacking homeschool families who are in general, get teaching their kids well, Christian values, right. doing a good job. It reminds me of this verse in Isaiah 5 where it says, What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil, mm. that dark is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. Mm. You know, we have that in our country where what's right has become wrong yeah. and what's wrong has become right. right. Because that's an example where it's appalling that a person can dress up as the as a as a woman, a man, and teach young people. That's appalling. Yeah, it should be appalling. It should be appalling. And, and, yeah. but, it, but it's but it's seen as almost like a, it's a celebration. Celebrated a celebration versus a conservative Christian family who would keep their kids yeah, home. teaching teaching them biblical principles and, and and homeschooling them. Yeah, is seen as the bad guy. Yeah, it's just a total reversal. Yeah, um, and that's what this gal in this Harvard magazine basically said was that you know it's basically abuse, and the government needs to start doing something about it, and they should be licensed by some sort of government entity. You know, it, you know this this whole idea of you know creationism. If you teach your kid creationism, scientists say that's child abuse, or yeah. you know if you teach your kids that there's a god, you know, it's just uh, again, it's just more of this progressive left. And and to be honest, I see it really. You know, it's really going to divide our country here. It is. Um, you talk. I know we talked about pain in the long run, you know, in the short term or in the long run as far as economics. But I think this philosophical divide too, Josh, is going to be something that's going to be an interesting thing here in the next 10 to 12 years. Absolutely. And, and I, I think you're right. I think that there are people with social agendas and they really don't want the parents to have control over uh, the, the children's learning. And, you know, I, I think it's important that, that even in a homeschool setting, the kids be exposed to different ideas. Sure. Um, yeah. And 
you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with understanding what the secular world says happened that that caused uh, you know the earth to come into being. Sure, sure. But I but, but I but I think the the uh, the progressives would really like for just their side to be presented, of course, and to not have creationism presented. And of course. Whereas I think I think most Christians would like to to be informed of both perspectives. And, and we want to be free to choose our faith and, and believe what the Bible says. Which is what an um, open discussion of topic is. It's Let's present all the sides and look and see what makes sense. Very, very good point, yes. yes. And I think it's a shame, too, that a lot of uh, society sees Christianity as being closed-minded. I, I've actually met so many Christians that are... That are certainly open to different perspectives they're sure. grounded in their principles but they're not people who are wanting to manipulate information or, or or restrict you know the free exchange of ideas um and so i think a lot of those concerns that kids are going to be exposed to all kinds of different perspectives is just unfounded yeah and and i think most parents would do that even though the parent would teach those principles to their child and, and would instill those values i think they'll probably still expose them to lots of different ideas you know, we we we're, our biggest concern is not politics here, though I think politics plays a part in our everyday life, and I think that we need to go out and because we're Americans, we get to have a voice yeah. in our government, and as Christians, we need to go out and have a voice. I, I don't think politics is going to de- decide everything. I don't think it's going to really even. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how, even how much help it's going to be in the end, but uh, you know, we want to just say, hey, if if uh, if you're concerned for these things, you know, as, as Josh encouraged us, you know, talk to your uh, elected official, uh, write a letter, uh, call the line, you know, call yeah. their office and say, hey, this is where we, uh, this is where we stand on these things. I don't think that's uh, an unchristian thing to do. I think we no. can have a voice in our government, and we can be a part and express those things. I love America. I love that we can have the open, uh, the, the freedom to talk about. Uh, other ideas and, and the openness to speak on other ideas and and uh, you know and the, and the progressive left seems to want to close that off that if there's anything that do with uh, Judeo-Christian values you know just keep your mouth shut you know it's funny how it's called progressive because really they're just uh, going back to old ways of it's leading to old ways of constraint and oppression yeah where they're closing down freedoms right it's uh, it's just interesting yeah I guess it's progressing towards a new a new level of uh, control you know and I have often said man even if I don't agree with the person I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for their right for them to speak on whatever they they need to speak about yeah. you know I, that's how strongly I feel about freedom of speech and uh, the one thing I don't want is, is a, a government official or a government person coming in and telling us what we can and cannot say in our churches. And so, yes. um, Amen. well, thank you, Josh Wright. Thank you both. And you, uh, had some good conversation, some good stuff to think about. And uh, join us next time on our next episode of Angels, Demons. And hopefully not the Corona Pocket. See you guys later. Blessings. <laughs>